Welcome into episode 11 of the Sources Say Podcast, a brand new addition to the growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Happy to be joined once again by two of the best up-and-coming recruiting insiders in the game, Travis Graff and David Sisk of Cats Illustrated. First off, Travis, Travis, how are you doing today, man? Oh, doing great. Just been looking forward to this recording this podcast all day. I've had upwards of 30 to 40 DMs asking when it's going to be out because everybody knows what we're going to be talking about. And so, yeah, it's been an exciting couple of days. And David, what is new with you, man? Man, I can't wait uh, for the show just to see what I can learn tonight, you and Travis. Oh, stop it. You're, you're going to be doing the majority of the teaching. <laughs> man, y'all, blushing. you guys, I'm going to tell you something. I'm at work and 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 uh, today and it's one of those stressful days and everybody's been there where it piles up and you guys are on on top of this Cade Cunningham deal. So about two o'clock this afternoon, I was able to come up from air for air and see what I missed. And you guys have done a great job on this, guys. Y'all y'all been at the forefront. The funny thing is, I've been at work too, so I'm surprised I haven't gotten fired with all the updates I've been putting <laughs> on the site and on Twitter. Yeah, it, it's definitely been hectic for sure. Um, now, last week, we actually uploaded two shows, the first being a, a kind of a decision primer of sorts for Devin Askew's upcoming decision, along with some of our normal uh, everyday player recruiting updates that we usually do. Um, and we actually got into the blue-white game a little bit and broke down what we were looking forward to the most and what we expected. Um, we actually got good feedback on that with, with updates on the current basketball team. So that's something we can definitely do moving forward uh, when, when recruiting slows down a little bit and the games pick up. And then on Friday, we aired a special edition of the Sources Say podcast where we spent 100 percent of our time breaking down Devin Askew's commitment, who he is as a player, what it means for the Kentucky program, all of that good stuff. And then we actually got got the chance to talk to modern day head coach Gary McKnight, who told us everything we need to know about Askew as a player, his personality, uh, his potential reclass decision, um, pretty much everything you need to know about him. He taught us it was an awesome interview with a legendary head coach. We definitely appreciate him joining us. Uh, if you missed that, it, go to the Source of Safe feed on iTunes or Spotify. Listen there. While you're at it, please rate us five stars. Give us a positive review. It definitely makes us look good. Um, now, David, because you know we we that was kind of a last second decision on on Travis and I's part to to put together that kind of special edition show. We were actually on our way to the blue white game and kind of figured, well, we're both going to be in the same space, same place. We might as well put together a little a uh, little something something for for the fans to listen to on their way to the blue white game. But we didn't get your thoughts on what you thought of Devin Askew's commitment, who he is as a player and, and all that good stuff. So, David, I kind of want to give you the floor and, and let you take over and, and kind of what do you think about Devin Askew as a player and, and kind of how everything unfolded? I went to a, a gentleman named Frank Burleson, who is one of the uh, most acclaimed, really, scouts on the West Coast. Um uh, it does uh, selections on selection committees for several different events. And, you know, he, he takes calls from everybody in NBA to, uh, you know, scrub like me and, and everybody in between. <laughs> so um, he, he's been doing it a long time. So I, you know, I talked to him. 
I don't even know, maybe right before the commitment or right after, but just wanted to kind of see what he thought, you know, because you hear different things. And, and, and my question to him was, you know, how will he fit into what John Calipari wants to do? And, and, and just as a, and I really didn't ask him about a player. I wanted to know about him as a point guard. Mm-hmm. And, and he really, really liked him. Uh, talked about, you know, he's big for that position. He's a strong kid, can shoot the ball, is a an elite defender, especially on the ball defender. And, you know, some of the things that he said kind of reminded you of uh, of Ashton Hagens, but mm-hmm. there's not an Ashton Hagens comparison. He, he, even with some of his similar strengths, but he shoots the ball a lot better than Hagens. Not as quick, but the really good on the ball defender, all that, pure, uh, can play the point guard spot. But his comparison to me was Deron Williams. And, you know, I remember him from Illinois. I really remember him well from Utah because I'm a, I like the jazz. I was a huge Jerry Sloan fan. And, uh, you know, you go back and watch some tape on him and I, 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 and that ought to really get you excited. And I know that I watched, uh, when I watched Ask You before, I was thinking, I said, man, there's somebody that I'm just watching him, how he kind of moved on his feet and watching his feet. I said, there's somebody he reminds me of, and I cannot think of me for the life of it who it is, and, and that's who it was. It's Deron Williams. So, you know, that that's a comparison. You know, what he's saying, you remember about Deron, he was, he was strong. Mm-hmm. He was heady. He was a good passer. Knew how to use angles. Knew how to use his body. Could really shoot it. But, um, uh, he wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't that elite five-star athlete, but, you know, he was elite everywhere else. And, you know, he, he used to strength and size to make up for that. So a bigger, stronger guard who the fans can really shoot the ball. Yeah, looking back at that interview that we did with, with Coach McKnight, uh, man, hearing some of the stories that he had of of, of his time with Askew and, and uh, just kind of a, a quick refresher, he said that – when he first came down, when, when Askew first came down from Sacramento, going into his freshman year at Modern Day, uh, it was kind of just an open gym, open open run, tryout type thing. And and Askew took the floor and was just wiping the floor with everybody else, was up and down the floor, making tough tough shots at the basket, finishing through guys, and, and for his age, just kind of ex- extremely, extremely advanced. And he said that he looked over at, at the guy, uh, that one of the assistants on the team, and looked over and said, well – He's a keeper. <laughs> He's going to be a good one. So, and he, I mean, he also mentioned that in terms of a workhorse and the guy and, and a, just a, a pure hard worker, he's second to none, none in the class said that he wakes up at 630 every morning and, and goes to the gym or goes to the beach and runs in the sand, works on, works on his leg, leg muscles and, and movements and fluidity and stuff like that. And then at night he has a personal trainer with him and, and a personal shot coach and kind of helps him. It's a, it's an all day event for him when it comes to basketball. So very, very awesome interview with him. But he also added one very interesting note that I think definitely, we definitely need to talk about is that he was pretty adamant that Askew was not going to reclassify. He said that I, I, I've had several conversations with with both Devin and his father Brian Askew, and they've been pretty adamant that they're going to be here next year, and and um, they they liked it there, and they weren't in any rush to leave. So, uh, David, real quick, do do you have any uh, updated insight on his his potential reclass decision? Do you still feel like he's going to make the um, eventual jump to twenty twenty, like some of the other uh, national recruiting gurus have have come out and said? 
you know, that's interesting uh, that he would say that because that's about the only person that, and he would, not, I mean, he's going to have as much knowledge as anybody, but that's about the only person I've heard that, you know, has said that, mm-hmm. that he would be 2021 kind of makes me wonder if, if they know in, in their private talks, if they might know something about Cade Cunningham. Uh, I, I know when uh, I spoke of an individual, he was telling me about ask uh, you and he said, look, he's, you know, he's, he's 2020. So he, he's not going to stay back another year. And I said, could he play with Cape Cunningham? And he didn't know Kentucky was in a running there to get him. And he said, no, he said, no, if, if Cape Cunningham goes to Kentucky, no, because he's not the type of person that's going to sit behind somebody. So, or, or that type of player, he didn't have that type of attitude. So, um, Maybe they know something uh, that we'll, we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Yeah, definitely. It did. It, it, it was just how adamant he was. I mean, it definitely did seem like he had a – and I even asked him. I said, physically, is he prepared? If he did make the jump, say, you know, just disregarding what you just said, basically – if he did make the jump, do you think he'd physically be there? And he said, yeah, 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 for sure. You know, he can he could thrive at the college game right now. I'm not worried about that. But he even still backtracked and said, but, you know, I just – it just – based on the conversations, I know that he's he, he's going to be 2021. So, yeah, that was definitely bizarre. I even asked him about his thoughts on Cade Cunningham and, and whether or not they could work together. And he was like, I should probably know more about Cade's, Cade's decision and, and who he is as a player than – than I probably than I do, and I, I should know more about it. But he said that he really just had no idea, and um, it just very very insightful conversation, but um, um, definitely definitely an impressive one. Moving on, I know the the main topic of conversation you guys want to get into is with Cade Cunningham because it has just been an absolutely hectic weekend with him, absolute chaos with him right now. What's going you know, on from with him? Oh, just uh, I haven't even heard anything. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying, kind of going from the weekend with. No, I, the, I, I thought it was kind of like quiet. I didn't think there was much going on with Cade. Oh, shut up! Stop it! You're being. <laughs> At first, I was. I thought you were yeah. being serious. I was like, <laughs> I dude, have be... you have you have you been asleep? <laughs> I saw your face. You looked at me like I had three eyes. <laughs> but yeah, there. Ever since his official visit to Washington this weekend, it's been absolute chaos with him. So that's a, definitely going to be our top priority for the show. So. This show is basically going to be a, a Cade Cunningham Source to Say podcast episode, and that's going to be the majority of our conversation. And then to close the show, close the show, we asked a bunch of a bunch of questions, or we asked four questions on Twitter, and and got a ton back uh, for for our mailbag segment. So we'll kind of go with Cade Cunningham and let him kind of guide the show, and then uh, from from there we'll we'll go into the mailbag section and and that'll probably get us all the way through. So uh, with that being said, let's let's uh, talk talk about Cade Cunningham Cunningham and his upcoming decision. Travis, your ear has been on the ground just as much as anybody right now. Um, going into his visit with at Washington, so as of Thursday evening, Friday morning, <laughs> what did you know about Cunningham's decision? That Washington wasn't going to be a part of it in the end. Um, I know that the family's always said that they're going to do their due diligence. They're not going to shorthand anybody. They're always going to take their five visits. Washington just happened to be the last one. But from my understanding, it's down to UK and Oklahoma State. And going into the visit this past weekend, UK was in the best position out of any school 
on his list in ter- uh, in terms of acquiring his services for next season. Um, I still think that uh, UK is in phenomenal position today, and I don't think anything's changed in that regard. Uh, now, David, I'm going to tell you, on Sunday, I guess, during the day, maybe maybe going into the early afternoon, I talked to a couple people up in, up in Washington, to, uh, you know, a couple – couple of recruiting guys and and some guys that, that are familiar with with Washington's recruiting efforts and all that and and they seem pretty adamant that Washington had solidified itself as a as a contender that they had done a phenomenal job with with them and and I actually talked to one person that thought that the decision would actually come down to Washington and in Oklahoma State of all of all teams that, that Kentucky despite the Evan Daniels pick despite the the recent momentum that it would actually come down to Washington and and Oklahoma State. Now, I'm going to be the first to tell you that I didn't believe that in the slightest. Everything that I've I've heard said that it's 100% Kentucky or Oklahoma State going into the visit and immediately following the visit. Now, David, is there anything that you have heard that would suggest that Washington is a legitimate contender, or have you heard anything specific about how the visit went? What What do you know about Washington's chances? I talked to an individual who was out there. He said it was really, really wet, and Coach Hopkins kicked his team out of practice. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm not joking when I say that. So, uh, I've not heard, I'm like you guys, I've not heard a whole lot about Washington going in. I think this is what happens a lot is, you know, you, you kind of go back to Cade, even knowing that Kentucky uh, uh, had a – was in a good spot, had a good shot. But you think about that visit and Cade comes and man, everybody's going crazy. And then, and, and I've said this and I've probably got more questions about this on, on cats in cats illustrated the house of blue than anything like, well, if, if Oklahoma state talked starting back, what happened to Kentucky? And I'm like, look, nothing happened. That's just the way it usually goes. A guy takes a visit and man, during that visit, and the next 48 hours afterwards, the place is just going crazy. And then it starts trending away. And it, it starts going back somewhere else or what the original talk was beforehand. And and that's probably the case for Washington. I wouldn't think that there's as much steam on that uh, today as there was yesterday. And it'll probably get, get a little bit lower as the week goes, especially if he's not committed yet. Yeah, and, and what's crazy is that <clears> – <throat> we saw almost an identical situation with North Carolina to a, to an even bigger extent because going coming out of his I guess even going into his North Carolina visit there was a ton of North Carolina buzz in fact we even said on the podcast that we were pretty certain that North Carolina had solidified itself as the number one number one option for there, him there were people um, on Oklahoma State staff that I had heard secondhand had leaked had leaked conversations behind closed doors that North Carolina was actually in the lead about a month ago over Oklahoma State. So Yes, in that month ago it was North Carolina 1, Oklahoma State 2, and then Kentucky 3. And that was when we were really thinking like, man, it's, and around that same time was when Kentucky started, started visiting. That was when the fall <laughs> recruiting period opened and Kentucky started visiting, um, visiting him multiple times and all that and, and – 
we were kind of thinking, okay, basic, basically everyone is talking about how North Carolina has picked up the the moment the momentum as the non Oklahoma State school, and Calipari still, you know, at the time we were kind of thinking halfway blindly going all in with it, thinking that that he had a legitimate shot. Little did we know, go figure. Calipari knew what he was doing, and and um, North Carolina buzz has has dropped off significantly. I, there have been no reported. I've heard they're completely out. Yeah, of it. yeah, one hundred percent. There have been no reported conversations of uh, public visits between Roy even, Williams and and Cade even North and Carolina insiders are saying Kentucky is the school to beat right now. Well, they visit. They they accepted commitments from Caleb Love originally, which that wouldn't push Cade away in the slightest. And then they picked another one up from R.J. Davis, and he's another no, four star kid. That's not gonna. That's not gonna push. I don't think it's pushing them away, but I think it's more of a sign that they know where they stand with them. Perfect, and that, that's yes, that's the exact um, the exact mindset because it it went hand in hand with the timing of it. it. It had nothing to do with with the with whether or not Kentucky or whether or not um, North Carolina could or Cade could play and, and start at North Carolina. It had to do with the fact that they knew that they were out of the running and ended up. They started, accepting a commitment. They started from, recruiting Bryce Thompson more heavily too. Same time, you know, he's he's going to Kansas. We'll get into that later on when we talk about Oklahoma State targets. But I was told last Saturday the quote was the, uh, North Carolina's moved on. So uh, it, it kind of caught me off guard. But you know they've done that before. And uh, just to give a little inside story, uh, a lot of you know that I do some uh, Vanderbilt work on rivals too. And two years ago, when Simi Chateau, who, who ended up at Vanderbilt, uh, he, it was between North Carolina and, and Vanderbilt. Almost everybody thought he was going to North Carolina. And North Carolina, that was when they got cleared by the NCAA of the academic fraud issue. Mm-hmm. And the and I may have already said this on here, but the day that they got cleared, uh, Simi never heard from them again. And he was by rivals rank like number nine, you know, in the 2019 class, or 2018 class rather. And so they had moved on to like a higher ranked player. Um, so I was really surprised with a, with a top ten player in the bag that they could have got, that they opted to go elsewhere. So it, it just kind of tells me that that uh, you know Roy Williams, if if. Uh, He's got a, another direction to go, or he's not sensing it. You know, he'll get out of there in a hurry. Yeah, it, it, I mean that is kind of crazy, especially look at a guy like Isaiah Todd this year. I mean, he was like you mentioned a couple weeks back. He was practically begging Roy Williams yeah, for, for for a, a spot on the team, and and one it, it's like when Roy says, "All right, no, we're moving on." It there's no turning back. It's a it's kind of a door sealed we're we're done so yeah it's it's definitely crazy how the north carolina buzz went from oh my goodness they're the favorite if he were to commit today he'd be a tar heel to yeah nah no thanks we're moving on it's i'll it, tell we're, you we're one thing too else. i wonder you know once they had that hanging over their head for years north carolina had to pray they won two national championships doing it so i don't know if i'd get away from it either you know he got a lot of mileage of getting good players upper four-star top guys that were ranked in between number 30 and number 50. 
and yeah. getting them to stay free. And I always said this, the amazing thing to me about Roy during that time is not that he got guys to come back for their second year, but he got guys to come back third or third and fourth years. I mean, he had experienced teams. And, and if you think about it, if you get a guy that's ranked number 35 in a country and get him to stay four years, you can have a team full of those guys. That's hard to beat. Well, you get he had top ten players return for two or three years too, like James Michael McAdoo. Um, trying to think, who's the other one? How long did John Henson stay? Like three, two. Ken, Ken, I, Kennedy yeah, I Meeks was a five star. He stayed. I mean, he's never gonna be an NBA guy, but he gets these guys that high five star or low five stars, high five, high four stars, and gets them to stay through two, three, four years. Well, when you look at their uh, when you look at their recruiting landscape right now, they just picked up four-star guard RJ Davis. They got um Caleb Love, who's a five-star five-star guard. They got uh I believe in the last recruiting class in in 2019, they got four-star guards Anthony Harris and Jeremiah Francis. So those are and and Caleb Love's not seen as a one and done in the slightest. So we're talking four legitimate two, two, three, even four, four-year players that could develop into. I mean, they're all top 100, top 125 players ranked. You know, I think Caleb Love's ranked as high as I don't know, top top 20, top 30. So they, I mean, that's a if if Roy Williams is looking to build a team like he did with his championship level teams. That's how you. That's how you do it at the guard position. I mean, yes, I think they would definitely take a commitment from from Cade Cunningham if if he walked in that door right now and said, "Let's make it happen." But it's very obvious that he is building this class as if Cade Cunningham is not an option. Um, you know, I, I heard a guy over the weekend talking about SEC football, and he said, "Man, if Dan Mullen would go out and and recruit." a bunch of five stars. Can you imagine how good his offense would be? And I'm thinking, you know, he was at Mississippi state for a decade and, and now what he's got at Florida and, you know, he's, he's not really done a whole lot in the past. So he's got a niche that he's kind of comfortable with and he, he coaches it pretty well. So, uh, you know, in North Carolina still was hard to beat on recruiting trails. So, I mean, I think if, if he did decide that's what he wanted to do, you know, they've got a lot to sell, but, uh, you know, he's found something that he's good at, he's comfortable with. So, you know, why change it? Yeah, definitely. And we're, I guess we're kind of going down the list of, of his fine of Cade's finalists right now. Um, before we get to our epic juggernaut of, of sorts in, in the final round, I guess. Um, but Florida, I mean, he took his visit two weeks ago to, to, to Florida and, or I guess how many weeks ago was that? Um, he took that one before Kentucky visit. I think it was Oklahoma State, Florida, or Oklahoma State, North Carolina, Florida, Kentucky, Washington. So it was before the Kentucky visit. But there was almost no buzz whatsoever about Florida before the visit, going, you know, coming after the visit, absolutely nothing. Um, there were, and there were actually a couple couple different reports, and I had heard separately that Mike White, Florida Florida head coach Mike White, was was actually going in to visit Cade tomorrow, but it, that kind of hasn't gone super public. Um, you know, it, it's just kind of a, a surprise how silent things have been with him. Um, they they haven't been seen as a legitimate contender ever. I mean, really for I mean for several weeks now. Um, David, do you think? Florida has even a slight chance or, you know, are you buying any of this, this silent buzz or, or whatever, whatever you want to make of it? 
No, um, I'm. There's an, an individual there that I speak with quite a bit, a couple times a week, and we talk about different things. Most of it recruiting, and he's never mentioned. I've never heard the word Kate Cunningham come out of his mouth unless I've asked about it. Uh, so I, I don't, uh, I don't put a lot into that. But he is in Florida, uh, and you know they 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 do a good job recruiting, and their facilities are really good. And let's face it, you you've got a lot to offer. Um, but you know, in the end, um, you know, obviously they, they made the list, but, uh, I, I, they're kind of like Washington. They would probably have more to offer to me. And if you gave me the choice, do you want to go to Gainesville or you want to go to, you know, the rainy <laughs> Northwest, the great Northwest, you know, give me, uh, give me Gainesville. But, um, I, I just don't see them, uh, being a factor. I, you know, we, we talked it up. Looks like, you know, it's Kentucky, Oklahoma state. Yeah, absolutely. Travis, do you see of any of the three schools we just we just mentioned, do you see even a slight chance of, of Cade going into any of those three schools? I'd give all three of them combined possibly 5%. That's just something off the wall happening. But, yeah, I think all of them to like separately would be like 1%. All right, well, we are now Adam's, down. Adam's Gory, by the way, put up a story late, late, late last night. That he he had talked to, um, uh, you know, he, he had talked to the head coach down at Montverde, and uh, you know he said in his article, you know, the same thing. It appeared to be Kentucky and and uh, Oklahoma State, you know, after after talking to them. Yeah, that's that's definitely significant. Which makes me wonder why Mike White's even. You know, I know it's due to the just how proximity how close they are to one another maybe Mike White just said all right well I can tell that a final decision's coming and I'm technically on the list of final five schools maybe I can go and and feel them out and see what's see what's going on but yeah it, it's definitely feeling it, it I mean it, I've I'd always be thought shocked was, if he if it were any of the other three schools I've always thought it was gonna be Oklahoma State or Blue Blood I never thought he, he would go to a school like Washington or Florida yeah it just doesn't I want to set go ahead no you go for it I want to say this while it's on my mind because I'll forget it. Uh, but there was a a, a, a uh, quote in there that really caught my attention. And um, uh, Ben Simmons played at um, played at, at Montverde as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so he's had a run there of, of the top guards of the country playing there. And, and, and they're a lot alike. Ben Simmons, a godfather – was uh on the staff at lsu mm-hmm. so uh and he said uh in the story he said i it, i always expected him to go to lsu that was always kind of a given and mm-hmm. i'm not quoting i'm paraphrasing but you know that that's what we always expected and he said this one's a different deal because uh i just feel like that he's open and that he's going to go to the place that's the best fit. He talked about the best campus, the best uh, uh, student body vibe, uh, the place that could develop him the best. You know, he, there were a lot of factors in there. And he said, uh, you know, I, I just don't think it's, it's Oklahoma State. I think he's open and I think there's factors that he's going to look into. So he said, this is, I've had Ben Simmons, I've had Kate Cunningham. They both had family members on the staff. It's totally different. Yeah, and I mean that—that's rather significant. What, what's 
kind of interesting on that note is that I had actually heard um, from somebody that it's really tough to pry stuff out of stuff out of them close close to Cade, um, who just kind of said, take what he says for you know basically he doesn't talk a lot, so when he speaks, believe him. No, understand that he's he's not playing the recruiting game you know he he's not one of those guys that's gonna you know say one thing to the media and do another he only says what he knows to be true so they basically said listen to him whenever he talks uh, in, in his recruiting interviews whenever he's at uh, AAU events and he does media opportunities listen to him look at his words and do that and every single conversation that I've had with him at, at Peach Jam or various EY, EYBL events and all that every single time a he says Yes, I do appreciate my relationship with with my brother. Yes, them hiring him at Oklahoma State or Oklahoma State hiring him did play a fa- you know it, it is a factor in my decision because I do love my brother and I do respect his coaching ability and and all of that. But I am 100% wide open. I have told my brother that I'm 100% wide open, and there's a there's a very strong chance that I can go somewhere else, and he would support me in that. And that kind of, I mean, what you just said kind of goes hand in hand with that is that he's not 100% sold on, you know, he's not playing this recruiting game where he's going to be just fluffing stuff up to paint this picture that other schools are um, in better position than, than they, than they actually are. He's, he's 100% open. Um, and so that, that definitely goes hand in hand. So now Travis, and I'll, Oh, go for it. I'll, let me throw this out as well. One <laughs> thing and I'll, I'll be quiet. Um, I would watch one guy would watch in the media that I think that, that I would pay attention to what he says on this. And he doesn't claim really to be an insider on it, but he's got connection with it is Adam Zagoria at Jag blog. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that, uh, he and Kevin Boyle, who's the head coach of my third Kevin Boyle's from New Jersey. Well, Adams, New Jersey, Newark city area. They go back years and years and years and they're, they're close. And, you know, he, can he can probably get Kevin Boyle to talk uh, where the rest of us wouldn't have a shot. So uh, that that's kind of a guy going back from that relationship. That that's a guy that I would I would probably pay attention to if he anytime I see something on Twitter, if it's Adams Gora talking about Kate Cunningham or anybody at my bird, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap on it and see what he has to say because he he can get some inside scoop on it. Yeah, that, that's definitely one I've I've tried to send texts and and get that and and man to say to say responses are spotty would be an understatement. So yeah, that's that's definitely uh, something something to know. Now Travis, promise we haven't been leaving you out here. <laughs> Where this this is your time to shine because man, you have been all over it with with this Kate Cunningham news, especially once it is it's been kind of apparent that it's down to Oklahoma State and Kentucky. I want you to lay it all out there, tell us what you know, and timeline of timeline of, of a decision, all of that stuff. This Let this be your show for the next however long you want it to be. All right, so I might end up jumping around. This I'm not going to guarantee this all going to be straight in line with everything I'm about to say. But All right, so Kate Cunningham has – Rivals feature cast from two, one from May and two from June. And then he has two in October. And then I put one. I don't have a real one. I made a makeshift one and put it in for him the Sunday after 
his uh official visit to UK. I think he was I think I was the first one on the Rivals network to like go out and say that I think he's going to Kentucky. Um by the way, we have a whole K tracker thread on Cats Illustrated on on the on the House of Blue on uh Cats Illustrated on on Rivals. It's about four hundred uh responses deep, ten pages deep. It's fun stuff. Um the latest. Ever since his Kentucky visit, we've been sitting in a holding period after the first influx of picks for K to, to UK. People in Dallas area seem to think he ends up at Kentucky. But uh, there's people in the Texas Titans program that have said that they think he ends up at UK. And there's also some scuttlebutt that people on the um, Oklahoma State staff think it's UK. I've said that for a while, that there's some people on Oklahoma State staff that have been saying for a while that North Carolina led and then that now Kentucky's leading. Uh, North Carolina's firmly out of the picture. Uh, I talked to somebody that is a, in a recruiting circle of one of the major recruiting targets for UK for 2020, and he said, uh, I've just got a feeling that UK's, uh, UK's recruiting is about to pop off. I can't really go into detail, but I'm just going to say that. And that was two days ago, or three days ago. Um, also talked to a guy in California. All right. Backstory on this guy, really well connected in recruiting circles. Never steered me wrong, even though I was looking in the wrong direction in certain recruitments. First, he told me Dacian Nix was a lock to UCLA back whenever everybody was thinking it was between Kansas and UK offering. He said Dacian Nix is a lock to UCLA, so I was like, all right, whatever. And that was the first time I ever had a dealing with him. Then later on, he said Devin Askew is a lock to Kentucky. This was back in August. So Devin Askew's a lock to Kentucky. Ignore the UVL buzz that's about to come up. It's it's all gonna be noise. Well, he told me over the weekend. He said, uh, "I'm hearing K to UK, and also Paulo Bancaro is a lock to UK, but for 2021." And said that that was an age issue. Um, UK staff felt confident after uh, Cade's visit. The last I've heard is that they feel that way. They're just selling him on being the crown jewel of arguably the best recruiting class of all time. Oklahoma State, on the other hand, I've heard that they were wanting to put together a class surrounding Cade Cunningham with JT Thor, Bryce Thompson, Mike Miles, and Rondell Walker. The problem with that is JT Thor, I've heard, is trending going pro. Uh, I'm sure overseas because I don't think he's good enough playing the NBA. Bryce Thompson trending heavy to Kansas. Mike Miles trending to uh, TCU. And Rondell Walker is trending to Oklahoma State. So right now, the only person that they could put around Cade is a top 90 to 100 ranked player. Um, texted yesterday, I confirmed with a few sources that Coach Cal did in fact visit with Cade Cunningham. And then, as far as the dates, there's been multiple rumors going around today that it was gonna that he's gonna announce tonight, tomorrow. I don't think he. I never thought 100% that he's going to announce this week. I think that he's gonna announced at that Duncanville basketball tournament. Um, I think it's like November 10th or 11th, somewhere in there. But there were uh, strong – there were people that were strong ties to recruiting nationally that were saying that it could possibly be today. But I never really bought into that 100%. I think that was just people flying off the handle trying to connect dots and get out ahead of it. And then I uh, heard today that it's Kentucky unless there's a major change of heart with the family. So that made me – put out there that I'm holding steady with my future cast. Uh, Terrence Clark is still in the fold because everybody was 
freaking out about him deleting all of his UK pictures on Instagram. He's still in the photo. He's heavily recruiting Cade Cunningham. Um, the He even said that he's a recruiting assassin to one edits page on Instagram. All the smoke that I'm hearing is UK. And honestly, this would have to be the greatest smoke screen of all time. For There's just so much smoke to UK. But Oklahoma State would still make complete sense. Um, but yeah, like with all that, all that being said, the family factor of all this could still pull him in Oklahoma State's direction, but it wouldn't, I wouldn't ever put it past Coach Cal Perry to play that trump card be like, all right, you come to UK, I'll help Cannon lay, land on his feet somewhere else. I'll help him fall forward a little bit if he gets fired at Oklahoma State, because I mean, he's got pull on a bunch of coaching staffs around the country, so I think... I think it's definitely looking good for Kentucky right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you, like we kind of talked before, talked before, take him for what it, for for what what he says and and understand that 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 he's being truthful about it. He has said that one thing that he wants with a school is somewhere that he can go and kind of build a team around him that he can kind of pick the pieces and and decide where he goes. Now. I'm no and win a championship. Yeah, and and win a championship is you know he he wants to win first and foremost as well. So when you combine both of those things, looking at what Oklahoma State has to offer recruiting wise, there is unless there are there are a ton of of 2021 reclassifications, unless they you know we see some random decommitments or whatever, the only options that they have left are the bottom of the barrel. I mean, four-star kids are four, are are impressive, but if you're looking for to build a national championship title contender, you're not going to find one with what's left available if you are Cade Cunningham and all those names that we mentioned that that Travis mentioned earlier end up elsewhere as as is being rumored right now. So, if you listen to what he says, it definitely does not look good for for Oklahoma State's side of things. Um Travis, and if you if you think too, it's got to be done in one year, because he's a one and done guy. So it's not like <clears throat> okay, like it used to be. We'll, we'll build it, you know, and then by the time you're a junior, you know, then we're going to make a big run at it. I mean, it's got you know, it's there. I mean, he's on campus uh, nine months, and he's going to be out there. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is Oklahoma State doesn't think that they are out there there were some some reports that they that at least some rumblings behind the scenes that they thought that they that they weren't going to land him that that he would end up elsewhere and kind of conceding the race to Kentucky but um I think that they knowing who is on staff there you know with with Cannon being there and the relationship I believe Mike Boynton when he was an assistant there actually was the first person to offer Cade um, way back in the day, so that relationship has been there forever. They're not going to just give up because they they feel like they've lost hope. They're going to go through um, all the way to the end. I'm sure that we'll hear some more, um, un- unless a decision comes in the next day or two, um, that that they'll at least try to to initiate a coach visit or something like that be- beforehand. So th- I wouldn't say that they are out publicly, but um, based on everything that that I've heard and. Um, the people I've talked to close to Kentucky are couldn't be more confident with with their chances and and how well that visit went back at Big Blue Madness. Man, if you just watch it, and I kind of was excited to see how he would interact 
at Big Blue Madness with with the fans and and kind of his his mannerisms and stuff like that. Because going into the visit, leading up to Big Blue Madness on Friday night, I had heard that things were going incredibly well, uh, and then I was kind of like, okay, now we'll see the the truth the truth with that in terms of of how excited he looks and and all that. And uh, it's kind of I was kind of interested to see that what the difference would be between what I've been hearing and what he put on. Um, while he was actually there and man he was he stuck around for 15 20 minutes to take pictures with fans he signed autographs he was smiling having a good time he was sitting next to Terrence Clark who has been an absolute madman on the recruiting circle I mean that is just absolutely crazy how uh how hard he's been working to get him locked up and and Paolo was having a good time Paolo Bancaro was with him uh Lance Ware was with him as well um guys who could potentially be his teammates there, man. He just had such a fun time. And when you just look at the big picture and you think, okay, Cade wants to win a national championship. He wants to be a one, a number one pick. Kentucky has the opportunity to give you both of those type, both of those things. You might be able to be the number one pick by, you know, Ben Simmonsing it at, at Oklahoma state where you score a million points a game. And because you're the balls in your hand every time. Um, but you're not, he's not going to win a national championship at Oklahoma State. And if he wants to make the most out of these eight, nine months that he's on campus, I mean, um, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, it just, it just makes 100% sense, 100% sense that Kentucky is the far and away leader right now. Um, I had heard before these rumblings about this week and all that stuff that a decision was coming sooner than the Thanksgiving kind of target deadline that he kind of said a few weeks ago, uh, maybe even a, a couple of months ago, he mentioned that, that he, he was hoping to get a decision done um, by late, dis, by late November. I've heard that even before the Washington visit this past weekend, that we would hear something in the next week or two um, with, you know, three weeks being kind of the, the latest we'll hear something. So it doesn't surprise me at all that the, it seems like this deadline is getting pushed up and that we could see a decision here soon. Um, but the, the people that kind of came out today and said that it was it was going to be tonight or tomorrow, um, unless he has a dramatic change of heart, he's not deciding. Um, it was never going to yeah, be tonight yeah, or tomorrow. He's, he's, he's not deciding tonight. Um, oh. This is not like last week when Devin Askew told reporters, no, I haven't talked about that, mm-hmm. um, and then ended up announcing on Thursday. If – Kay Cunningham announces this week, I'll eat my hat. The <laughs> the people, in, like, I'm not even going to comment, but I just I just read something that was interesting. After every one of Cade's official visits, uh, all but one of them, Cal visited, or a UK coach visited three days later. Oklahoma State visits September 6th. Cal visits uh, September 9th. UNC official visits September 27th. Barbie visits October 3rd. Florida official visit October 4th, Cal visits October 7th, and then Washington visit was the 18th of this month, and Cal just visited yesterday the 21st. Well, you stole my thunder a little bit with that one, Travis. Oh, I just, <laughs> I just, I just saw the post on here but uh, over on Cats Illustrated. Yeah, I wrote a, earlier today, I wrote a post on KSR, basically – um, I I had known that he that Calipari and his staff had visited a ton over the last several weeks, but I I come when I went over to twenty four seven actually and saw his recruiting timeline and saw how many times a Kentucky coach or a a, a Kentucky visit happened or something something like that, and it is absolutely absurd 
how much Kentucky has has put themselves out there and made sure that Cade knows that that he is their top priority without without thinking twice. So, um, David, if you don't mind, I'm going to go through this timeline real quick of of everything that's gone on, and you tell me after. By the way, that was a great story. Which one? The one you did. Oh well, thank, well, thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, on April twenty, April twenty sixth to twenty eighth was the start of EYBL. Calipari offered on April 29th. There was a span of, and, and mind you, every single game of during the the live evaluation period. Basically, every time Calipari could have his butt in a seat watching Cade Cunningham, he was there. Uh, at every single EYBL event it, it, game in, in Atlanta for session one, he was there. Every game offered a scholarship on April 29th. Um, there were two EYBL events that weren't in the evaluation period. They they didn't allow coaches in, and that was from May May 10th to the 12th, and then May 24th to the 26th. Um, so that that was not uh, Kentucky wasn't allowed legally allowed to contact him and, and be um, be watch him in person. Cunningham cuts his list to 10 on May 30th. June 25th, Cannon Cunningham is hired at Oklahoma State. He kind of spends the next several weeks saying, um, it's not going to be a major factor in my decision. Please keep recruiting me. I don't want this to um, – I don't want schools to, to stop recruiting me just because of this. I swear I'm wide open. Uh, then he dominated Peach Jam again, like I said, with, the, with session one. Calipari uh, – Kentucky sent Calipari, Joel Justice, Kenny Payne, and Tony Barbie – Two, penny, two Peach Jam, and they attended every single event. Not all four coaches at every single uh, Cade Cunningham game, but there was at least one Kentucky re- representative at every single Cade Cunningham uh, game. Fairly significant. Cunningham cuts his list to five, um, sets his five official visits, goes to Oklahoma State first. As Travis said, the visit to Oklahoma State was on September 6th. Calipari visits on September 9th. September fifth, uh, September fifteenth, Calipari and Tony Barbie went to go visit Kate at, uh, Kate's family in in Texas, uh, which is literally a week after visiting him to start the fall recruiting period. September twenty seventh was Cunningham's official visit to North Carolina. Tony Barbie visits on Oklahoma uh, on October third. Cunningham visits uh, officially to Florida on October fourth. I mean, literally the day right. Barbie visited him the day before his his visit there, which is kind of crazy in itself uh very next week Kate uh, we actually confirmed that John that John Calipari visited Kate Cunningham on October 7th Kentucky then take he then takes his official visit to uh, uh Kentucky on October 11th um then Ev- Evan Daniels picks Kentucky on October 13th and then Cunningham officially visits Washington this past weekend and then boom John Calipari visits on October 21st so long drawn out long-winded but there's a reason it's long-winded it's because John Calipari has been just out of his mind with how much he's been recruiting it. Say Cunningham has a change of heart and wants to be with Cannon at at Oklahoma State, and he ends up committing there. One thing that I know for absolute certain is that he is not going to commit anywhere else and turn down Kentucky due to an effort, from an effort standpoint. I promise you that's not happening because – Calipari has Calipari and his staff have done a phenomenal job with that, and and did definitely deserve their pats on the back if if he does end up going to Kentucky because they flat out earned that commitment. Um, yeah, I just absolutely crazy. Speaking of that last visit, um, David, do you see any significance to um, this most recent visit from Calipari on Monday, 
and then the fact that there were a lot of rumblings and reports that Kentucky was going to get a was going to get a commitment in the days prior. Do you think that there's any uh, significance to that, or do you do you think that um, just flat out, do you think Kentucky has has done enough to solidify solidify the commitment? Could you say all that again? Do with Kentucky visit with with John Calipari visiting on Monday. Do you feel that they have have done enough? No, I mean, I'm, no, I'm talking about all the visits. Could you go back through the? Uh, no, you can you can go on the website and read it because I I, uh, I need a drink of water after that. It was it okay. was very long winded. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, I reached out this morning and, and and when this started breaking and I, I told you guys before we went on, you know, it, I had one of those days today. It's just everything like piled up at once and I uh, uh, get a chance, pull out the phone for a minute and I see you guys, I've got four or five missed texts and you guys are talking and I'm like, please God, not today. please <laughs> Don't let it happen today. But I, I had time to, to send out some DMs some text and, and I got a, I got a, uh, a DM back from a national analyst and told him what we were hearing. And, and, and he said his quote was about a commitment tomorrow. That These are not my words. That's what I was told. That's completely false. And, and then also um, I got uh, a response back from a uh, one of the coaching staffs that is involved, one of the finalists. Mm-hmm. And they said that there's no there's no visit. Um, um, or no visit. There's no uh, uh, announcement tomorrow. So you know, I've heard it from an analyst and from a and, and from a, you know a, a coaching staff. So um, you know, those things get out there. You know, it's not going to be the first time. I go back and think about Kerry Blackshear. Oh goodness! And, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. I, I try not to think about it, but <laughs> I, I remember too. He committed on tuesday so the, the people you know who kind of said it I, i'm not actually dogging these people either because i understand how all this goes and and i understand like with us you guys have texted all over and we and text all over it takes a lot of work man and and you know if one person is off and tells you that you know hey i i, I put stuff out there before i've had to retract it was not true it mm-hmm. wasn't because something i made up i mean it come I had a player tell me once that he had a Kentucky offer and straight out of his mouth, he didn't have one. Yeah. So, you know, I understand how it happens. But well, it's kind of like today, somebody, back. one of the main guys that I talked to, national source that is pretty spot on with a lot of these recruitments, I'm not going to put a name out there or anything, but he said, uh, he had DM'd me and said that he had talked to a couple sources and said that there would be a decision tonight or tomorrow. And then he put out on Twitter or something later on, it was like, um, I got new in, or he said, uh, talk to a couple of sources. There's going to be no decision made soon. Then he DM me again and said he got new intel. So I had to say what he had said earlier that day and then say that he got new intel and that it was, that he changed it. Cause I, I've, I've been posting everything on the site on that K tracker. I post everything that's been posted from national guys, Instagram post, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never dog anybody that's, that's, you know, what, does stuff works in the recruiting business trying to find out because I mean, I'm telling you, it's, uh, you know how tedious it can be and, and your engine on every word and it's, it's not easy, but, um, to kind of go back, uh, on this, as far as I talked about Blackshear, 
you know, there, there was a lot of talk and, and I was convinced it all came out of Knoxville uh, the Monday. In fact, I know it did because I talked to an individual in that in the media there and, and, and he said that himself. He said, man, this is just driven by the local media. But uh, uh, Blackshear, you know, it was he was going to commit that Monday <laughs> and Tennessee thought they had him in a bag. But if I'm not mistaken, he committed the next day to Florida. <laughs> so um, the thing that, that kind of strikes me is, you know, they were off on that day, but they weren't off by much. It, yeah. it was one day. So, you know, I know from talking to you guys, you know, <laughs> you've talked about how people that you talk to and, and you're trying to get they, they think it could happen very, very soon. So. You know, even the guys who are saying, you know, it could happen, it's going to happen today or it could. No, they, you know, if it doesn't happen, no, they weren't spot on. But, you know, I, I, I think it, it might go to show the feeling that a lot of people have that, that this thing could get over pretty quickly. Yeah, that's. I think that's the absolute biggest takeaway with, with all of this really <laughs> is that Cade Cunningham is in the final stages of making a decision. He is not going to be the type to go. Eh, you know what? Screw it. Let's just let's just push this back to the spring. I'm not. I'm. I'm in no rush. He's like that. Is not how this kid works. He is the type of guy that he said. I'm going to take all five official visits. There were some rumblings that, you know, ooh, his visit with Kentucky went so well. And, and, you know, he might – I wonder if he'll even just cancel the visit to Washington and all that. No, there's no chance of that happening. He's a guy that wanted to do his due diligence, go from one to five, say, these are the five schools I picked. These are the five – you know, I'm going to give them five strong opportunities to give them – to give them their – or give me their full pitch. And – after that, I'm going to sit down and make a decision. So, based on everything that I've heard and, and the people that I've talked to, the second he left left Washington and got home, the the decision making process started. He sat down and kind of said, "Okay, here's what I liked about these schools. Here's what I didn't like about these schools. Here's you know here here's what I'm hoping to get out of my college experience. Here's what I don't care too much about my college experience." That this he is in the decision making process. So it would it would I mean. I don't think a decision is coming this week, but I would not be shocked if next week we hear of an announcement date at least, or in over the next over the next two weeks. I, I would not be surprised if if we either know where he's going or at least are have having an official date lined up because the process is 100 percent uh, underway. Real quick, did, did, go ahead. Do you, I'll say something after you. Go ahead. Did uh did you all catch um cage trainers instagram post yes i did that's another thing all right david i don't know how long you've been following kentucky basketball but do you remember the door with john calipari yeah where they had their camera set up watching the door it's almost reaching that level of craziness with people trying to (laughs) find like find anything that they can on cage like literally you can make a catfish insider profile inside basketball recruiting insider profile on twitter and get so many likes and retweets just by saying hearing Cade can uh Cade cunningham is going to kentucky like people are on the edge of their seat keeping up with this recruitment but for those who don't know um well for one i, I bet he was getting a bunch of messages because i saw today that he made his profile private and uh i'm not gonna say his um at name or anything but he's practically i've heard he's practically family with Cade and his family yeah. so um but there's a picture 
It was this trainer posting a picture of Caden Cannon at Oklahoma State during his visit with a quote on the pic on the picture saying, "quote He's just real with me, and that's how he's always been. That will never change." Uh, and that was Cade on his brother. And then the caption below it said, "I don't know what y'all thought this was." And I had 25 DMs and messages on rivals. Hey, what what does this mean? I'm not even gonna try to decipher that. <laughs> I, I mean that that's something that would drive you crazy. Like trying to decipher what things mean on social media, especially from different areas of the country where different words mean different things like nothing in that post but it's like football players and like lynn bowden is the worst one to like try oh, to decipher yeah for, uh, for kentucky fans like he could post something and everybody's like oh what and then it's just lyrics or something or it's actually a positive so that's why i told everybody so i'm not even gonna try begin to try to decipher that yeah but i've heard that he's open to whatever is best for kate as well yeah and and if you think if you really think about it he would 100% want his his friend to go play for his other friend. You know, he you just mentioned how close they are together. It's not like it's some secret that they all would be very much open and, and supportive of Cade going to play for his brother his brother Cannon. Like that's a it's a good story for their family. It's like it's a, it's a, it's a good thing. But on the on the flip side of that, it's not like he is going out of his way recruiting against Kentucky or pushing pushing Oklahoma State or saying. I think more than anything, that was just saying um, this their relationship is close and and it needs to be valued on a on a public level. Like I, that's that's kind of my biggest takeaway from it. I mean, I'm like I like you said, I'm not going to decipher social media posts or I, I drive myself crazy. But I mean don't get so caught up in stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's stuff like that happens every single day. There are people in every single camp that push players in one way or, or want one thing and, and they're not the deciding factor in the end and, and all that. So yes, that is something to point out, but it, it is definitely not a, not a make or break situation for them at all. Um, Let we, me throw one more scenario out there for anybody. that's still got any Prozac left. You know, throw this. (laughs) They can take it here after I I throw this one out. Give them something else to worry about. But uh, another scenario here is that, um, you know, there's been talk about no Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. um, And it makes sense because uh, he's he's going to school now at Montverde in Florida. He's from Dallas, that area. And Montverde's playing a Thanksgiving tournament there in Dallas over right around that time. And, you know, it could be a time for him to uh, do it while he's at home and around his family and around his friends. And and some people think that could happen. That makes total sense. But I've been asked this question when I brought that up on House of Blue, and it's a great question. Isn't that past the uh, uh, early signing period? Mm -hmm. What would you do? Well, I talked about Simi Shatu earlier. He did that. He actually committed publicly on uh, the Thanksgiving or the day after Thanksgiving, but the Vanderbilt had had basically had paperwork in, in hand for two weeks before that happened, and it, it was there was a silent commitment and uh, was, was basically just waiting for the right time, you know, they, where he could do it with his family. So. Um, that that could be a case here where he could do the commitment 
It could, who knows, could be a silent commitment uh, beforehand where he's going to go and then it not even come out to Thanksgiving. So that would be something I would think of. If he did wait that long, uh, it's past the early setting period window. So, you know, there could always already be something where uh, he's already told the program what he's going to do and they've already done the paperwork. Uh, they've just got to submit it and, uh, you know, that could be it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely something to think about. And, and how awesome would that be to not to get a commitment and then have to follow it even more for several months moving forward? That would just be fantastic if – if that happened now, I'm just kidding. Let's, let's definitely hope for a signing either way. That would be, um, definitely preferential. Now we've kind of cleared, cleared the air on the Kate Cunningham thing, the who, what, when, where, and why I think, I think we've, we've cleared out most of that. So with that, let's jump into our mailbag section to kind of close out the show, uh, which is actually now sponsored by our friends at BBN Vegas. Uh, the Big Blue Nation takes over Las Vegas this December when Kentucky basketball hits Sin City. The action tips with the Kentucky vs. Utah game presented by UK Healthcare and benefiting coaches vs. cancer on Wednesday, December 18th at T-Mobile Arena. BBN will then have the opportunity to hit the links at the world-renowned Shadow Creek, Creek Golf Course on fi- Friday, December 20th as part of Golf Blue benefiting coaches vs. cancer. The Cats then play in the CBS Sports Classic on Saturday, December 21st. Visit bbnvegas.com or follow on social media at BBN Las Vegas for more information, game tickets, hotel accommodations on the Las Vegas Strip, everything that you need for that trip to Las Vegas, they have it for you. Please go there. I'm going. It's going to be an awesome time. Hit me up when you get out there, uh, and, and I will make sure to – uh, have, a, have a good time with you guys. So with that, let's go to our mailbag section. First question. So the way this is going to work, I'm going to ask questions at random. So Travis and David have no idea what, what I'm asking. This is going to be 100%, uh, 100% random. So first question. This is actually from Josh Hopkins, who is a big Kentucky fan, who is a uh, actually a, an actor he's been been in several several other things that you might have seen on on tv and in movies and all that so uh you'll definitely recognize him his question for us do you think this uptick in recruiting for uk and cal is more the result of the natural ebb and flow of the recruiting tides or do you think a change in philosophy is responsible or is cal just reinvigorated i think it has to do I think it's not cut and dry like one single situation that he named, but I think it's a combination of everything. I think it's the ebb and flow of who's the it school where kids are being pushed by different influences, not dirty wise, but the um I think that Cal Perry is definitely rejuvenated. A uh, bunch of recruiting circles have talked about how he seems like he's got his second wind heading into his, the back half of his career. And then also there are certain coaches no longer at certain schools with certain accessories to help get these kids. And you're not talking like, Oh, I don't know a former Duke assistant or might be somewhere in Pennsylvania. At, now. Yeah. The, uh, some, yeah. Uh, no, I'm not uh, talking about that. Yeah. The, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you're, you're in the ballpark. Though. The, uh, it's a good guess. The, uh, but yeah, I think we're in the, with the shoe 
scan the shoe company scandal in the rearview mirror. I think that, well, for the most part, in the rearview mirror, the uh, I think the le- the playing field is pretty much level again, and Cal Perry is coming out swinging. David, what do you think? I'd say yes on all three counts. Um, you know, you could make a case for each one, but um, I mean, he's definitely rejuvenated. It, it's it's definitely. Uh, looks like a, a strategic move and is it a strategic move because he's rejuvenated yeah uh, you know I, I think they all three work together you know you just you went down through the litany of, of, of contacts between Cunningham and the Kentucky staff and you know I'm going back since I've been working here and I, I just go back to the class before in 2019 with uh you know a Vernon Carey or or I'm thinking about some guys that they got and, and guys that they didn't get uh, Keon Brooks, uh, Matthew Hurt, or, or, or uh, guys like that, and uh, or Michael Hurt rather, and there were uh, I just don't remember the effort, and I shouldn't say effort, but all those visits that are tangible and you can see it and feel it. Uh, there just weren't, you know, all those visits and all those contacts and all that movement and. You can just, you know, anybody can can see that, you know, he's going above and beyond Yeoman's effort here. I mean, to to go see a guy that many times, you know, I, I you know, we go back to three or four visits ago, and I'm like, my goodness, what's he? He I mean, he's really going all in on this one. And yep. He visits the next week, and then he visits again, and as soon as Cade Cunningham, but he almost beat Cade back to Florida. Yeah, you know, to go see him after the, I mean, it's like they were on the same airplane going back. So, um, you know, he, he he's I mean, they're really going all out. Another thing is Calipari is <clears throat> and all of his staff are starting to build relationships with these kids at a much younger age. Major point because yes. before I mean, Calipari's early, early years here, like we talked about in the last episode, he could recruit a guy for two months. That guy had been recruiting for two years, come in and sweep up and get him. He can't do that anymore. Uh, kids are more relationship-based. Kentucky – kids are starting to realize that you don't have to go to Kentucky to be a max <clears throat> max contract guy. You know the – you got a greater chance of being so at Kentucky. But also, I was going to make one other point. What was it? Um, oh, also, they're uh, pushing for these kids to commit earlier. I've noticed that in this class. Yeah. Instead of – in in the past, Kyle Perry's been like, "Oh, just go home, take your visits, think about it. We'll talk here in a couple of weeks." And then that hasn't hadn't been working out the past couple of recruiting cycles. Yeah, I, I mean, but, you know, I live in Tennessee, and I I, I stay at war with the ball fans here, and <laughs> and it's good natured, and they'll tell me all the time, "And you believe all that stuff he he goes on with?" And I'm like, "Yes, I do," because especially on recruiting end, and I know this since and maybe used to I, I wouldn't even he would talk about recruiting and I wouldn't pay that much attention just like any other coach you just move on but he started staying stuff and I'm like you know it, it really matches like he talks about this is not for everybody and all that and I'll ask recruits about it parents about it and they're like yeah this is what he tells us and <clears throat> but he said he made a statement here a couple weeks back uh, and I think it might have been it, it. I think it was right after the first practice um, that he had, and somehow it came up. And he said, "Look, you know, if you'll notice, we don't offer everybody." Mm-hmm. And like I said, I can see this because covering 
some of these other schools, they'll offer 25, 30 kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you go look at each school, see how many kids they've offered in the 2020 class, the 2019 class. I mean, it's two or three dozen. Uh, I mean, much more than two dozen, 30, 35, right around yeah. there. Whereas Kentucky, 10 to 12. Yep. I mean, if they've offered 12 kids in a class, that's big. And I know that, that Travis said, well, they're getting in touch with them earlier. I think they contact and really know, hey, this is who we want. We've narrowed it down here. It's not a broad scope. It's very narrow. And now we go all in on these guys. And I've been thinking all along, hey, you know, uh, Devin Eskew, they must really like him because they cut ties with Jalen Green and Josh Christopher. I've talked about that. Well, it may be that they cut ties with uh, Jalen Green and Josh Christopher because uh, they knew something might be brewing and they could go all in with Tate Cunningham. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you you have to go back and, and look at Calipari. When he first got to Kentucky, he was able to get guys based on swagger alone. You, I mean, the brand kind of sold itself. He was a you know he's always been known as a phenomenal recruiter. But you know, when when you combine a phenomenal recruiter with the gold standard of college basketball in, in Kentucky and the the um, the history behind it and all of that stuff, it, the the product kind of sold itself. So he was able to get some of those you know some of those elite guys right away with, without even really thinking twice. Now that the one and done era has kind of picked up quite significantly you know the dukes of the world and and you know now lately with 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 penny hardaway at memphis and and you know juan howard at michigan you know they're 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 trying to sell that swagger that john calipari had when he first got to kentucky so because of the the new adjustments calipari has had for there you know there for a couple years he had probably been doing the exact same thing that he uh, was so successful at to start his kentucky tenure and 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 was still getting five star kids, but he that the trend started that he started losing out on on the big name guys, and I think that was just you know it became evident that he needed to change his pitch. I think that was that was pretty pretty significant that or at least tweak it to um, to you know kind of give it a fresh new new approach. And I'm here to tell you right now. I know I've mentioned it on the podcast a few times in the past, but. The recruiting uptick in John Calipari and his staff 100% has to do with them losing out to Duke and and Coach K on several of the elite guys. And I'm telling you, missing out on James Wiseman, if you're talking over the last several months and 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 the the last recruiting class itself, that pissed off this coaching this coaching staff like no other. They had James Wiseman locked up for two years. They were so confident they were going to land him. They kind of built – they were building their recruiting class kind of around him. And when he opted for Michigan or when he opted for Memphis, it kind of screwed everything up. And, and um, it, it just definitely frustrated them like no like no other. And that in itself was a major, major change in their recruiting approach. And, and it does not surprise me now with a situation like Cade Cunningham looking – going through that timeline – that they're doing that now after the James Wiseman thing because they knew that James Wiseman was their guy and they knew that they swung and missed on him because they knew they they thought they had him and and I you know I'm not gonna say that they let up or anything like that but they ha- they thought they had him they didn't get him so I think now 
they are just making sure that even if they think they have him, like I think that they thought they had Cade after his official visit, Calipari's still visiting him on Monday because he wants to double and triple and quadruple check to make sure that this is going to happen. So, yes, 100%. I think you can there, – there are several things that go into it, but uh, you, it, it's, uh, you, you can definitely look at, at the Duke and Memphis situations more specifically. Holy cow. Is this like recruiting mailbag question or is it questions? Yeah, I think what do we get oh. – we, we only got through one question there. <laughs> One question. All right, we'll go quick. I promise. <laughs> I, I promise we'll go quick through the other ones. A lot of talk from Greg Brown's camp after Cade visit. Is he a legit option if Cade commits? 100%. I 1,000%. I think if Cade commits, he said earlier that that he wants to pick and choose his guys who he, who will join him at the next level, and I think Greg Brown is 100% the guy that he would want to bring along with him. Are you guys feeling the same thing? I definitely think it increases the chances. I'm not ready to say it's a slam dunk. Or yeah, anything. and I was. I, I yeah. hope I didn't come across no, that it's no. a dunk deal, but yeah. But the Texas Titans um, program pushing – if they both – if Cade comes to UK, I feel like they're going to push Greg to UK as well. I think that's definitely a fact. But also, like David's pointed out a couple – uh, previous episodes his relationship with texas i don't know how in-depth that relationship is but it might be difficult to overcome but you're not gonna showcase your skills at texas yeah and one thing too i, I think one th- there's two things that would give kentucky uh a chance here one is obviously getting Cade, and then all of a sudden that class that's around him so boy that's really appealing obviously but if you look at his visits he visited North Carolina on September 27th. Uh, November 29th, he will visit Auburn officially. Uh, Memphis on January the 3rd. Kentucky on January the 10th. So he's he's really early on in the whole process of things because he has not gotten involved in his official visits yet. Yeah. He's only taken three, or excuse me, one out of four. He's still got three remaining. So he's going early on here. So, uh, you know, they're – let's say this. if Let's say Texas wasn't involved in, in – you say, okay, he doesn't live in Austin. He doesn't go over to campus. Let's say he lives in, in Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would look at this thing and I'd go, man, there's a – you know, this thing has just got started with him. So, you know, there's a lot – I mean, we see what kind of impression Kentucky makes when he get when they – visit there so you know they definitely got they got a lot of opportunity to sway things their way yeah and you you also factor in what greg brown said at the recent usa basketball event uh where he said that if if k does commit to kentucky that he is going to look into look look into it um in a major way said that both his i think his dad was the one that came out and told ben roberts that he the, the second they got home from from Colorado Springs that he was going to call Cade and see how his visit to Kentucky went and see see how that all unfolded and wouldn't you know it over the last several days there's actually been a lot more Greg Brown to Kentucky talk I don't know if that's what the the question was referring to in fact let me see who who asked it so I can give them a shout out uh Ben Davis he had he asked that question um but yeah I I think that there's a lot of smoke to this this Greg Brown stuff and and while it is early um I would go ahead and, and say that if, if Cade Cunningham commits to Kentucky, that you have to you have to look at Kentucky as a major, major, major suitor for Greg Brown when, when it comes time for a decision in the spring. 
Memphis is considered to be in, in that top tier category too. Yeah, it looks yeah. like North Carolina allows uh, four, maybe the third, but uh, uh, we, we can't forget Hardaway on this one either. Yeah, right, I got a mailbag question for you all that I saw earlier that I really wanted to ask. Um, something I've been asked a lot recently. Uh, this is from Teddy underscore Batista underscore. How how do you think these other guys are going to respond to so much talent being added to the class? This is hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just be super idealistic and say, Cade, uh, Apollo, and Greg Brown all commit. Do you think Ware, Fletcher, anyone else will reconsider? Um, Ware, Fletcher, did, did you include Boston in that? I would include Boston in that. Boston, one hundred thousand percent no. Look at look at what he just did with his with his high school decision. Where did he just go? Super for team? his fi- for his final final year of high school, one hundred percent super team. He wants to be a part of a super team in college. He's a one and done through and through. He's he wants to win a national championship. He wants to play with star talent. He knows how good he is. Uh, he's not worried about anybody else. He joined a super team because he wanted to win a high school championship, and he's wanting to be a part of one at the college level because he wants to win a college championship before going to the NBA. So I am not worried about him. Um, if we want to call a spade a spade, uh, I do think that Cameron Fletcher may be a guy that could um, – that I don't want to – there's some stuff that can't get out there, and um, I, I'm trying to watch my words carefully, but Cam is a guy that, that could potentially see, see an out if they do fill up with, with a bunch of other guys and um, – and that's kind of all I'll say about that. But um, it would be all about managing managing egos. That's that's kind of the big that's kind of the big the big takeaway from that. But Lance Ware one hundred one thousand percent no. He's he's locked and loaded. That and Terrence Clark one hundred percent not. He's the dude recruiting Cade to Kentucky. So that's that's definitely not something to worry about. Uh, David is is are you kind of on the same page there? Yeah, I really don't want to to, to delve too far into that one because. You know, I, I I would hate to have my name brought up into anybody's, uh, you know. <laughs> blame any, me. Any blame recruiting me. shenanigans of somewhere else. You blame and, me hey, for asking Look what it. they're saying about you over there <laughs> in Kentucky. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's there's obviously well, everybody, uh, a strong no comment. That that could, you know, something could happen. There's yeah. always been rumblings that, oh, possibly Fletcher could go somewhere. And that's just, like, it's nothing coming from his camp. It's just every. And he was recruited knowing he was going to be recruited over. He wasn't going to be the starter. Because right after he committed, B.J. Boston committed. I think B.J. was the first to commit, then it was Cam. But they knew that they were still recruiting the other guys. But then even more so, my point, like, he knew he was going to play with B.J. Boston. And they're probably both, like, Cam's got to know he's not going to start over B.J. Yeah, he's not starting. I know for a fact that that's recruiting strategy that's used against Kentucky – I've talked to coaches in the past, and and you know they tell kids, hey, you can go there, but you know if they, they feel like they can find a better player, they're going to recruit that. They're going to try to get a better player. So you, you've got to constantly, you know, be concerned about that they're going to recruit right over the top of you. But you know, I I, I don't think Calipari even runs from that. He says, hey, you're going to get competition here, but you know that's the nature of the beast. Some people in certain recruiting circles joke on Twitter calling uh kentucky over recruit you (laughs) well that's not fair that's (laughs) not fair but long story short no i do not think that there is going to be a decommitment from kentucky 
especially not from the the main guys I listed. Um, I, I even if Kentucky were to land Cade and and um, you know Paolo and Greg Brown and that the big big dream scenario if that were to unfold, I would still bet on everything to stay 100 percent in in stone. And this but is kind of a- the one person that I would think twice about would be Cameron Fletcher, if and that makes sense. This is really a difficult question to answer, and I kind of put you on the spot, but it's something that I've been asked numerous times, so I wanted to get that cleared up for a bunch of people, our, all of our opinions on that. Yep, that that works 100%. Um, when you think a Sources Say podcast can't be topped, I am proven wrong by Brandon LZL. Well, thanks. I really appreciate that. Uh, what's the latest on bigs for next year recruiting class? I think uh, Greg Brown is the – top option i think paolo banchero as much as he's telling everybody that he's going to stay in 2021 i think that it, you, you definitely have to factor him in as a potential 2020 option um isaiah jackson i know almost nothing about since over the last couple weeks do you guys know anything updated on isaiah jackson i've i've got to talk to wes i i had sent a text out to him yesterday morning and he texted me back this afternoon uh, so I've, I've got to get. I hope to do that here in the next um, in the next few hours. It's been eerily quiet yeah. on my end about Isaiah the past few the, weeks. The one honestly. thing he's not taking that Alabama visit yet, and I believe that's what everybody's waiting. Well, for. that's this weekend, right? Uh, let me look. October twenty fifth, right? I believe so. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the big if. This is 100% a guessing game based on the last thing I heard, which was, I mean, this is probably, this information might be two weeks old. The last thing I heard was that Alabama may have a 55-45 lead over Kentucky. Well, I mean, I guess the math, we're not getting into the math on that again. Yeah, uh, you you ask me how to do it? <laughs> we are not getting into the math aspect of that again. But between those two schools, uh, I think Alabama had a slight lead over Kentucky, and then Syracuse was kind of uh, looming as the, as the third option. And I, I would still probably bet that it would be either either Alabama or Kentucky. But if I had a bet, if I had to put a bet right down down right now, it'd be Alabama. Um, but I in no way feel confident about that at all. Same goes with Cliff Omarui. Shoot, it, you know, the public knows just as much about him as as I do. I he told me flat out that Kentucky was his dream school. Uh, that he cried whenever he got an offer originally, um, but I just don't know how much Kentucky's prioritizing him. I, I there was little to no public contact for a long time, and then Kenny Payne went to go visit him up up uh, at at his school um, during the the fall recruiting period. I think the second week of the fall recruiting period. So I am not very familiar with with either of those two recruitments. As I think with stand. Clifford, you know, he's put it back off to the spring. So, and, and like I said, either last week or the week before, he's visited basically every campus on the East Coast yeah. during the fall. So he's seen them all. And I think there's just something in him that's that must be saying, hey, I don't like, it should be I don't like, but I'm not satisfied with what I've seen. I want to see if something comes along better. And I just wonder, too, how all in Kentucky is going with all this right now going on. And, and, you know, you try to get Banchero and, you know, you're trying to get Greg Brown and, and, you know, where came in. They were recruiting him at the same time very heavily. So, you know, they want to see if they can get another another big. But 
uh, I wonder too if they may not have slow played. And I and I'm not saying this is what happened, but it, it kind of makes sense. Maybe they've kind of slow played it, and uh, they kind of go back and say, "Hey, let's see what we've got in spring." And if we if we need somebody, he's there because I couldn't imagine Kentucky being all in uh, right now and in him saying, "Hey, I want to see if something comes along better." That that to, to me to have that. If you look at that offer compared to the other offers and then him waiting it th- that doesn't make sense if, if Kentucky was just really had him in their sights right now yeah 100, I 100% agree I think if the spring rolls around and they strike out on some other guys um, they don't end up getting JJ trainer which is another guy that we need we need to be watching very closely um, I've heard that the Kentucky coaching staff is pushing like heck to get that to get him to um, commit in the spring. So, a uh, quick note on him. Um, I talked to his high school coach the other day, and he he was mad at JJ because on JJ's Instagram story, he had put that uh, somebody said you going to go to Western. He said no, not likely. And so <laughs> he said that he was getting hit up by Western people. Uh, Boo was getting hit up by Western people uh, the rest of the day. But uh, but I, I think, think there's truth I think, to that. I think that. A lot of people around him are wanting to push him to wait until the spring to – because if – the majority of people haven't seen him dominate a basketball game outside of the select couple of schools that had seen him play AAU this summer. He only played one session. He think um, – people around him think that if he waits until the spring, the floodgates are going to open with offers and he can be a high-level high uh, D1 school. But – uh. Or power five school, I mean, and also Cade Cunningham just started. He's got he's got to be trolling. He he knows what he's doing. He started Instagram live, and the first comment on there was Terrence Clark saying, "Oh hey," <laughs> <laughs> but he he started it like a minute ago and already has three three hundred uh, viewers. Well, good for him. Um, moving on down the list, uh, just how long is Travis's hair right now? From from Burke Franklin. Oh, Burke. Jesus. <laughs> the uh It's it's growing. It's it's flowing. Shout out to Burke, he's a great dude. But he uh but yeah, it's it's growing. It's in the awkward phase right now. Looking to have a bun by Oh gosh, please uh, no. Please May, no. Maybe. Um Brandon uh who is Boon Boondock Saints says Cunningham, that's all I need to ask. Uh, if I were a betting man, I'd say Kentucky 100% right now. Um, and as we have discussed in, in depth, I we I believe they would all agree with me. And let's be clear here. None of us are guaranteeing. I, th- I hope we're all clear on the show that none of us have guaranteed that he's going to Kentucky. We think as of right now, everything we're hearing collectively, it UK is in the best position that they've ever been. And we all think that they're in the lead. Yeah, I, I, David, are you on that same page? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more conservative on it. I'm, I'm still foggy about it. You know, I've not, I have a, an opportunity to put a future cast out there. I've not done that yet. I, I just, I, I hear too much the other, not too much, but I still hear things from the other side on Oklahoma State. Uh, there's people around that, their staff. They think that. They've got him, and, and I talked to an individual who talked to uh, uh, Cade's brother, and he says basically all these other visits is just, just uh, formality. Um, 
they're out on the road just uh you know it's something to be doing to see the places and when it comes down to it you know he's gonna go to oklahoma state and and and, the, and to quote the words that i was told the individual told me who heard it from from canaan is you know he's locked up for oklahoma state so i i still i just want to hear i just want to hear a little bit more uh, I guess if I had to lay it down, I would go to Kentucky, but I, I still think it's close. I, I just need to hear more. My thing is, if way. he's such a lock for Oklahoma State, I feel like Calipari would have backed out a while back, let alone be kicking ass but, yeah. and going down there like as many times as he has. Yeah. But I don't know. Somebody, there's misdirection somewhere. We're just trying to weed through it right now and find it. I, I based on Calipari's history, he's the type of guy that sniff that that can sniff that kind of stuff out, and I I know he would just be absolutely furious if that long list of timeline that we already discussed w- would would be for nothing. So, um, yeah, not n- not a n- not a done deal, I don't think. But if I had to guess, I'd go Kentucky right now. Uh, any truth to the rumor that Cade is announcing tomorrow? No. Um, if Cade comes, who else do we need for this class, or do we have enough? There is not enough. They Kentucky would still need uh, probably two or three big men. I think that they would go after Greg Brown 100%. I think they'd push for a a reclass from Paolo and then likely sign, you know, take a chance on a JJ trainer or um, something like that. It, especially if they don't land Paolo or or an option similar to that. Uh, I'll say one thing after watching blue and white the other night, I'm convinced Keon Brooks can slide down to the four. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a full fledged six, nine now. And, and I, I really kind of came away, you know, with, with that in mind, because, you know, you don't expect EJ and, and, and Nick Richards to be back, but uh, just watching that one, I'm like, man, here's uh, you know, they could have a post back next year. So, and especially if you have many guards, it takes the edge off anyway. You know, you got Lance Ware already there, and and they, if they like Keon at that position, of course, I think they would like to have a bigger guy because you basically got two guys right there in the six eight to six nine range, and they would like to have a bigger rim protector. You know, somebody around you know six eleven, you know six ten, six eleven, and like I said, Greg Brown is a really, really long six nine. When they say he's six eight, six nine, I just don't believe it. I think he's bigger yeah. than that. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's some things that they've got to watch. So, uh, you know that that'll be interesting. But I, I, I feel, I feel pretty much better about the post for 2020-2021 uh, uh, than I felt three, four months ago. Yeah, I agree. Um, another person asked a question uh, going the grad transfer route. Um, can't find the question, but yeah, um, somebody said – Oh, here it is by Ronnie King. Do you think Cal goes grad transfer from here on out, or do you think he will pick and choose? Seems to be working for him. Um, this coming year, I think that if they strike out on Paolo or Paolo decides to stay in 2021, uh, I think there is a good chance that they could go grad transfer for their for their premier big, kind of like what they were hoping for with Kerry Blackshear and what they did get with Reed Travis and what I mean, what's kind of how good Nate, St- Nate Sestina looked at the blue-white game. Maybe he turns into um, – 
ends up being more productive than than we kind of expected when, when he committed. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think grad the grad transfer route is kind of the the top option if they do strike out on some of the other top bigs that they have. I think Calipari's comfortable with it. I think he would rather take from a a power five school like he did with Stanford with with Reed Travis versus a mid-major like Bucknell with with Nate Sestina he he's been outspoken about that in the past but yeah I would not be surprised if they go the grad transfer route um I let's see um could you do another episode um on the other commits like you did on on ask you that was great I'd like to learn more about Clark specifically uh, that's from Al G's yes absolutely we can definitely do that we could do some some shorter special edition episodes if you guys would like that that'd be that would be fun um and with that I think yeah I think we got them all I think we hit on hit on what everybody talked about so I think we'll we'll end it there um and with that, why don't you guys tell uh, tell the world how, where they can find your work and uh, where they can find you on social media? Uh, Coach David Sisk on Twitter, and you can follow me at Cats Illustrated uh, on Rivals Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Trav underscore Graph. You can find my work alongside David's at uh, Cats Illustrated on Rivals. We've got one hell of a thread going on over there right now with the K, uh, with the K tracker is what's called. Like I said, I think it's already increased like in size by two pages since we started recording this. Um, and also, you can uh, listen to my other podcast, uh, Cat Scan Podcast with a K. It is on. Also, you can follow it on Twitter at Cat Scan Pod with a K as well. Very cool, and you can find me on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Uh, if you're interested in, in sponsoring the show, you can find us there or via email jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. We will be back next week for another Jam Pack Sources Say podcast, and we will see you then. <laughs>